Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 3 and preview of round 4. This episode is brought to you by Stoppage Time Goals. We don't affect the outcome, but we sure do wreck your fantasy score. Uh, no, uh, actually, as always, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss and fresh back from spring break. Uh, big hats off to Mike for filling in on the hosting duty while I'm gone. Uh, speaking of Mike, joining me tonight is Mike Denton, Jason Wiskovich, and our very special guest, fresh off of his overtime loss in Rocket League, Tim Shaw from SoccerCaptains.com. How are you all doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Hello, great, friends. A little salty from that overtime Rocket League loss, but uh, otherwise I'm great. Uh, I know. Yeah, we I mean, we had to mention it. We had to mention it. It's 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 slightly related to what we do. It's it's kind of like fantasy soccer in in a way. If you like monster trucks, <laughs> mm, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, guys, I'm excited to have you here. So let's just start out with uh, the recap of round three. How did your teams do? My team did pretty well. I got 84 points, um, mostly because Valeri captain worked out for me. Um, I had Adi and Josie, uh, took Jay's advice and got Hairston. Thank you very much. And, um, worked, worked out pretty well. Um, other than the sporting Kansas city, um, blowing the clean sheet, which I I guess I'm not the one who's supposed to be complaining about that on this pod. (laughs) I'll I'll let you do that read. But yeah, other than that, it was okay. Um, if Dowd V and Maxi Morales had finished wide open shots, I'd have had a Super awesome week, but 84 points, moved up green arrows. Can't complain. Yeah, same here. I got uh, 86 points. Um, did not captain Valeria, captain uh, David Villa. Um, I was big on Orlando clean sheet this week. Um, and if they could defend set pieces, that would have been a lot better for my uh, fantasy team. But, hey, it's okay. Spectre still got me seven points. Um, you know, in the Atlanta powerhouse of uh almiron and uh, martinez is just mm-hmm. insane they are i mean they're just so good i uh i had 72 points this week um i took a pretty tough head-to-head loss which we'll be hearing about later i captained almiron um i was gonna go with martinez at the last second i switched over to almiron and that ended up uh costing me a few points Elsewhere, uh, I had David Akam up top, and uh, as soon as, you know, Chicago took a red card in the first 10 minutes, that kind of did me in. Very unfortunate. And then, unlike Reed, who went very blue on his back line in his, in his, in his net, I, uh, I actually went with four guys from four different teams. I had Dallas, New York, SKC, and San Jose combined for a total of seven points across three defenders Oof. and a goalkeeper. So. <laughs> You know, my diversification, I'd hope to get some sort of, you know, contribution out of those guys. But my goodness, it was just uh, it was just uh, not not my day. Not my day back there. Well, it was not a round for clean sheets in general. There were only three clean sheets. Uh, That would be Toronto, Atlanta and Columbus, surprisingly, who got those clean sheets. So if you were clean sheet hunting like I was, you were disappointed. Uh, Yes, not only was my black line, my back line blue with Sporting Kansas City players, but I am pretty blue myself. That 91st-minute goal 
like what Mike was was alluding to, just destroyed me. I was so happy, and then I wasn't actually watching that game. Uh, I was just ke- keeping an eye on it through the MLS app, and then it refreshed, and it said the 2-1 scoreline, and I went, oh, you're kidding me. Fortunately, Madronda got subbed off, so I got to keep his clean sheet points, but I lost 15 points just like that. So, you know, boomer bust, I, I'm still planning on sticking with this clean sheet hunting going forward. So I, I'm I'm just waiting for you guys to, to eat some crow whenever I'm sitting here with 20 extra points, 20 to 25 extra points from, from some clean sheets. Uh, I'm the same way, Reed. I'm the same way. You know that. You, you go big on the back line, get everybody. I think that that's the best way to do it. Boomer bust. I mean, that's the point of having unlimited transfers, right? That's what I think so. Now, and I can't be too upset because, I mean, it was a 91st minute goal. Uh, great that San Jose was able to get that nice little little extra time goal for them, whatever. But um, I think it still says good things about the Sporting Kansas City defense. So I'm I'm not totally distraught. But uh, my front line was was a bit better. I had Ladero, Almiron, Valeri, Martinez. Uh, I did captain the captain Villa, which Mike, I thought when you didn't captain Villa was when I was supposed to captain Villa. Isn't that how this works? That I guess that's how it works. But maybe just because he was on my team, that was good enough to jinx him this week. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it was. So I got 76 points. Uh, not not a fantastic score. I still won my head to head. And we'll talk some about that. Later on, uh, I would have had 91 had I got those extra 15. So, uh, which I mean, the highest points overall was 114. So if that had worked out for me, I'd have been happy. Uh, the average was 58 points overall. So uh, we all did pretty well. So it was it was pretty good for round three. But that's our fantasy teams. What were your all's general impressions of just round three from a soccer point of view? Well, you I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to see how many clean sheets there were in week one versus week three now. And the attacks, each team's attack seems to kind of really be gelling and coming together. And a lot of teams are starting to feature the high press a little bit more. It's not just the New York Red Bulls anymore. I mean, you see you see uh, Tata doing it down in, at, down in Atlanta. You see a few other teams messing around with it. So, you know, a lot of these... Goals are being scored off of turnovers and in advantageous areas. And I think it's going to take a little while for defensive midfields and back lines to kind of come together and figure out how to deal with being a, you know, a man down, essentially, when you have five attackers and four defenders there. Yeah, for me, I think um, it kind of – I mean, I know we had a small sample size of only three games thus far, but – I mean, the takeaways I've had from not only this week, but the last, you know, three weeks overall are Atlanta, Portland, and Houston's offense, scary. Uh, I mean, really good. So watch out, teams. Yeah, I think the the thing we're starting to see is we're really figuring out who's where. And most of the teams that are, it's kind of surprising me, kind of look the same way they did last year. I think the only real difference is DC United looks like a dumpster fire. And uh, I'm still not quite sure about Columbus. But yeah, the attacks that Jay Mays mentioned, Portland, Houston, um, Atlanta, they all look very good. I, I think New York City's uh, offense is t- still pretty good. Same as Seattle, even though they haven't quite put up as many uh, goals as you know the, the big names that we just talked about. Um I think one of the other surprises is Orlando winning their second game. Um, mm. I think they're probably doing it 
a little bit more lucky. You know, they're at home. Their expected goals don't quite match up to the goals that they've put in so far. But um, they look like they're at least a solid team. So that'll be different this year. So a few more games I want to at least get one person to chime in on unless the rest of you feel just passionate about uh toronto vancouver the i think the game ended like we expected with the toronto victory did we should we have seen more out of toronto with vancouver not having ousted coming off of that ccl loss tired legs rotating players is 2-0 what it should have been should would they have done better with geo how do you guys just interpret the fantasy side of that game it's an away game. They're playing across the nation. They're without their best player. Granted, they have Josie and Bradley. They still won 2-0. Like, I, I mean, it's a good result, I think, in any way you put it. Yeah, I don't think Vancouver was even really close to getting a draw in that game. Um, I mean, we could have say, hey, they could have scored more goals. But, you know, on the road, if you can get their three points, that's what you can do. And so that's about what I would have expected Toronto to get a goal early and then just kind of grind it out. And then with the, you know, with the Breck Shea red card, I don't remember what minute right. that was that t- Toronto was totally in control. Um, and so, I mean, that's what you can, good teams do on the road. You know, they get the goal, they get the lead and, you know, they just suck the life out of it. And that's, that's what they did. So I, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think less of Toronto for doing that at all. And I have to say, I did watch this game, and I saw when that red card came out and the expression on the referee's face for whatever it was that Shea said, it was priceless. It was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely some expletives that he said. That, that, that's that's why he got it. But, I mean, the way I look at it, too, is you without your starting keeper in Ousted, and then if if Giovinco played, I would have expected it to have been at least 3-4-0. to four nil. But it wasn't, so 2-0. I had Josie. I'm happy with it. So Now Chicago. We've I've been high up on them. I know some of us have mentioned some good things about them. They got stomped by Atlanta. Is this the home field advantage again, or is Atlanta really the real deal? I think Atlanta's the real deal, to be honest with you, man. Um, I actually traveled down there for the opener against New York. It was incredible atmosphere. I mean, the stadium can really, really get behind them. I think they have a little bit to learn about how to, you know, support a soccer team. But, you know, the passion is there. And as soon as they get going, I mean, there's going to be no stopping them. They don't take their foot off the gas pedal. You saw Toronto do that a little bit against Vancouver. Atlanta did not take their foot off the gas pedal one bit against Chicago. And granted, you have have the ability to do that when the other team has – 10 guys on the field for 80 plus minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're going to have some tired legs, but I mean, they are just simply explosive and they are going to be, they're going to be tough to beat, especially at home. I think that's, that's where the real question comes in is right now, Atlanta is sitting at three goal or 11 goals in three matches, but they've only scored two goals against an 11 man team. It, is it simply the 10 man fatigue that sets in or do you do you think we'll see consistent i'm not going to say four point games but maybe two to three point games from atlanta for the entire season i think we're going to see a lot lower scoring atlanta games i I think the new york red bull game is the match to really look at i don't count i mean i know minnesota i guess technically had 11 players on the field but not really Uh, and, and, you know, having 10 men from very early for Chicago, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, Atlanta's definitely going to want to one of these teams where they can put up numbers like that. But even so, I, I think their expected goals right now is 4.2, and they have 10, 11 goals. So it, it's what they're doing right now is just not sustainable. Uh, and I think when they come across better teams in the league that have all of their all of the full complement of players, plus when they have to go on the road to some of these tougher places, I don't think you're going to see the same kind of level of production. I still have questions about their defense, even though they were able to keep a clean sheet this week. So I'm I'm not a believer in Atlanta. I think they've gotten really lucky. I mean, even the defensively, they've only let in two goals, and their expected goals against is 3.9. So, so they should have let in a lot more than they already have. So I, I think it's a dream start for Atlanta, but it's going to come crashing down pretty soon. Now, the game that nobody mentioned was Colorado versus Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota d- doubled their their total number of goals of the season during this game by scoring two. Uh, Colorado got two back, but I, this was a game that a lot of people were high on for a shutout. I, before I went all blue, was all maroon in the back, and I had just my full Colorado lineup. But with the injury to, to Hoberry and what I thought might have been potentially – Watts not being there. I think he was. I think he was who I heard might have been injured going into this game. Miller, sorry, you're right. Uh, with Miller, I, yeah, I said. Watts I, I, I just abandoned yeah. ship with two starters gone. Um, is that what happened? Is is Minnesota's weakness a a high pressure offense, and with Colorado's more withstand on defense and try to get that counter? Is that the chance that Minnesota has to get out of its funk when they play against teams like that that play for the counterattack? I personally, so first I have to give a shout out to supporting Kansas City, Andrew. Uh, we, we chat on Twitter frequently, and he he said, I'm going to put Molino in my lineup because Minnesota is going to get a PK against Colorado, and sure enough, they got a PK. I believe Minnesota's goals, um, I'm not sure how many goals they scored, but I want to say all of Molino's goals have come from PKs this year. Um I don't think offensively, you know, they're as good as we thought. I'll be the first person to eat crow on that one. I was big on um, Molino and Venegas earlier uh, in game week one, but I don't think they have the attacking firepower or the defensive firepower. They don't look like they're gelling as a team. They don't. I mean, they just they just don't really look that good on the field. It's not a, it's not a solid product yet. I think they will get there, um, but I just I mean, we all know Colorado is is not uh, you know an attacking team. And I mean, I think that it's been proven that if you go against a good, you know, good attacking team, I mean, they're just going to get stomped. So I don't, I don't, I mean, they need to do something quick because this level of play, I think they have what, 13 or 15 goals scored against them already this year. And it's three weeks. The last guy I'm going to mention before we move forward, and I know we'll talk more about this team later on, but because you're here, Tim, Sounders versus New York Red Bulls, what happened? Well, to be honest with you, Seattle came out and played a complete game. New York, we didn't really have any strong individual performances. It was good to see Frederick Branson up top. He might be able to take the place of Verone if Verone is going to be out for an extended period of time. And he showed a, he showed a couple of flashes there, although he did pick up a yellow for simulation. But, you know, what are you going to do? You have to try and go down to that situation, sure. Um, you know, we had another chance – uh, with Felipe, he got a couple of nice crosses into the box, and then you know, basically getting speared by Clint Dempsey. Um, somehow, only got a yellow there. You know, I gotta say, Felipe. I mean, 
<laughs> I would absolutely despise him. Despise him if he was on any other team. But I just, I, I, I just love it. It's hilarious. Me and my buddies who I've seen tickets with just, just laugh our asses off every time. Uh, part of my language. Laughs, laugh our butts off every time. He, every time he gets into his antics. Um, but, you know, New York came out, made some individual mistakes, and didn't really have any strong individual performances, and Seattle had their most complete performance so far. Simple as that. Are you disappointed with how the slow start that Kleshin's made so far, fantasy-wise? No, and it's because of the new formation, right? He's playing a little bit further out on the wing. He's not pinched in as much. Um, when Royer has been able to get out onto the wing, it allows Sasha to pinch in a little bit, but I think it'll come with time. You know, they're, they're still learning their rotations. They're still learning how to, you know, switch effectively. And I mean, it's just a matter of time before he finds Brad in the box and, you know, Brad just buries it. So uh, I'm not worried about the slow start. I might hold off on picking him up for my fantasy squad until maybe round six or seven. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how he comes back from the U.S. team if he gets a lot of game time or if he's got tired legs. I love the casual nature. That oh yeah, Brad. You know we we go down. We get coffee. <laughs> Me and Brad. You know we're we're, yeah. we're biffs. We've we seen just him out like out. four or five Damn. times in Hoboken. It's pretty great. Well, great guys. Uh, now we're gonna move on to housekeeping. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed that extended recap round. And the reason we did that is because there are only six teams playing this round normally it's a bye week and i like to tell you which teams aren't going to be playing frankly it's just easier for me to tell you who is going to be playing this round that is new england minnesota new york red bulls real salt lake columbus and portland those are the only teams that you should have players from this round unless you're doing a switcheroo or they're on your bench and you just don't care everyone else is on a bye why because of international call-ups so from these six teams, here's who you need to watch out for. Well, if you're going for the revolution, don't worry about it. Everybody is still here. So you have a full roster for the New England Revolution. Over at Minnesota, Francisco Calvo is gone. Uh, Rasma Schuler, Johan Vinegas, and Kevin Molino all have been called up. At New York Red Bulls, we have Michael Merleo and Sasha Kleschen. Over at RSL, Albert Rusnak and Nick Romando. For the crew, we have Juka Raitala and maybe Justin Merrim. Currently, he said that he is still not going to leave for a call-up, but you never know that could change. Question mark over Merrim right now. And then finally, with the Timbers, David Guzman and Darlington Nagby. These are all guys who will not be available, question mark Merrim, for this round. So do not pick them and waste your money. Otherwise... As always, big thanks to our Patreon followers. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, stickers are going to be going out soon, uh, and then I'm going to be sending out invites for those who have donated high enough to be able to chat with us before the show or even join us for an episode as a special guest, like Tim is a special guest with us tonight. Uh, not from Patreon, just because he's a great soccer mind, but we'll be bringing our Patreon members on here as well uh the stickers that i haven't sent out yet are going to be going out very soon so please keep an eye out for those thank you so much to everyone who has already donated to us and if you're thinking about donating you can go over to patreon.com slash mlsfi uh what is this it's just a way for you to help us cover some of the costs that we have for the show with our hosting fees not just for the for the site but also for soundcloud uh, to get all that covered, and it helps us to be able to provide some of the prizes that we have for our exclusive league that I'll be giving a little bit of information about later on. So thank you so much 
for everyone who donates. Um, when you do, that also means that Jason has to love you. Forever and ever. Long time. Ever. <laughs> also want to throw out, um, Reed, I will get a picture of him, but my sticker that I stuck up on Red Bull Arena is still there. Mm. So if you do get a sticker, Beautiful. I highly recommend you stick it somewhere in the new state in whatever stadium for whatever team you support, and then take a picture of it, send it on in. Yes, I love this. If you are in Red Bull Arena, please find that sticker and take a picture of it and just tweet it at us. That that would make me so incredibly happy. I will literally send you a scarf, a New York Red Bull <laughs> scarf, if you do. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love this. Uh, and now, of course, I gave you the, the international call-ups. Mike, who's injured? Not a whole lot of people. Uh, I think the only injuries really are out of RSL. Um, Plata missed the game this weekend. I, I haven't really heard if he's going to be available this weekend because he was supposed to be available last weekend. Um, I, I'm guessing he's questionable um, for this weekend coming up. The same story for Allen. He was supposed to play this weekend and then was um, declared out late. So um, no real timetable. And of course, with a coaching change, I don't quite know what's going to go on with any of them. Um, then we have a few red cards. Uh, Beckerman for RSL, he'll be suspended. And then uh, Davis for Minnesota United. Um, so those are the suspensions that we have. Um, also remember for Minnesota United, their keeper, Alvbaj, or however you say that, um, he will probably be out for this week and the next week um, with the cut to his uh, right leg. Oh, um, yeah. And then those are the only injuries for this week that we had You know, for the six teams coming up. Uh, there weren't a whole lot of injuries this week. The only big one was, um, and this is, it hurts me to say, Patrick Mullins hurt his hamstring this week. But other than that, everyone's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can also donate to Patreon for the Michael Denton Support Society. Um, no, no. <laughs> oh, that's so fine. Uh, I did see that. You were the first person I thought of, Mike, when I saw him pull up there with his hamstring. I was like, oh, Mike will be devastated about this. Yeah, I got like everyone tweeted me. Hey, Patrick Mullins <laughs> is hurt. Every Patrick Mullins is hurt. Oh, no. Stop tweeting me this. I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, so sad. It was so sad. Uh, Jason or Tim, anything else you guys have for housekeeping before we move on? I'm all good, man. The okay. pet Kiera is about to begin. Oh, that's right. God, I love him. He's the best. And for that's those right. who don't know, RSL uh, recent oh, just fired Jeff Kassar, and they're in the coaching search, but Pat Key got hired on this uh, offseason for the Monarchs, which we all anticipated once the firing of Kassar occurred, Pat Key would step in and bring us the cup once again. I mean, the timing is perfect for Pecky to take over the team, go into Red Bull <laughs> Arena, and just like pull out an incredible upset win over the Red Bulls. I mean, I, I, the, the story is written. I mean, it just, you know, the screenwriters could not have done a better job. It just has to happen. RSL can't flub this script. Would that even upset you, Tim? If, if Pecky came back and won, would you be mad at that? If Ali Curtis was still here, I probably wouldn't be upset. But because he's gone too. <laughs> then, yeah, I'd probably be 50-50 on it. <laughs> uh, we'll right there. Okay, well, great. Let's go on to our game-by-game -game preview for the three games that we have. Uh, let's start with New England versus Minnesota. Mike, uh, what are your overall expectations for this game? Uh, my expectations are 
Minnesota has five players out with the international call-ups. This is not a team with any depth. Um, I've, I've looked at a few proposed lineups for them with all the absences. They're not very good. I'm expecting New England to roll on this one. And New England's not a great team, but I'm still thinking at least two nothing, um, maybe more um, if if Win can get on the the right page. Um, I, I'm I'm honestly expecting a blowout. I think you had need four New England players, and you can kind of take your pick as to where they are. Uh, I don't think Minnesota is going to do well in this game at all. My favorite question from Reddit, I think it came from Bit Nomad. Um, was was do we uh, what do we like from New England's resistible force against Minnesota's <laughs> movable object? I love that so much, and and I feel like this is this is a theme I've been seeing with several teams that have been tweeted at me. They've had two or three Minnesota players and no New England players, and they're still quality right there. I mean, Win got a goal. In the last game, uh, Kamara's had several shots, and I, I know I said this on Twitter, I, th- I think maybe two weeks ago, but I said I feel like rule number one in fantasy soccer is favor the home team. Rule number two is or anyone playing Minnesota. And, exactly. And do do you all do you all think that New England has has a great chance for a high score? Like uh, Jason and, and Tim, do you do you agree with Mike that New England has this great chance for a high score? Absolutely, and a clean sheet. Three nothing, maybe four nothing. Ooh, ooh, vicious. Yeah. Um, anybody? Who are your fantasy standout players from this match? Kamara win. Uh, get to the crapper, and then since win is back, I think Tierney takes a hit, and I think you can get. I, I, I like Farrell, so those four are actually in my squad right now. So no one's going with Agadello. I was actually going to suggest him, but I mean, at 8.4, I don't know. You're probably better off going with Cole Branson from New York uh, at that price range. Fair enough. And yeah, that's a good point, Jason, to mention Cropper 4.0 starting keeper. So uh, at home, I imagine that will be a pretty standard player for this round. Moving on, Tim, let you talk about your beloved New York Red Bulls versus Jason's beloved Real Salt Lake. Well, uh, sorry to sorry to hear about Kyle Beckerman's red card, Jason. It's uh, it's going to be tough having him out of the midfield. And and Mike, I, I totally spaced. Uh, did Joao Plata get mentioned in your injury update? I just wasn't paying attention at all. Totally my bad. Yeah, he was mentioned. Um, I'm I'm guessing he's questionable for this game with whatever yeah. injury he picked up. Yeah, he he gives them a lot of speed and. You know, if he's not out there, Yoram Opsish is basically just sitting on at the top of that formation saying, hey, guys, uh, can I get a ball, please? Um, it's been a tough start for Real Salt Lake. And while the Red Bulls won't have Sacha, I will say that Felipe will be the one to move up. So if you're looking for a cheap yep. midfielder, Felipe is going to be our probably our main guy in the, in the creative role pulling the strings. Bradley's probably good for a goal. Maybe go Branson if you want to get, you know, a little funky and... Uh, you know, he he got 45 minutes. He's going to get most of the game this upcoming week. And Aaron Long continues to uh, look pretty impressive back there. I have no idea if Kamar Lawrence will be back from his personal issue, but he could be another alter- alternative as well on the New York back line. Do we still expect to see uh, 
the same value players starting with New York on, during this game? Um, and their back line in particular. The back, I, I'm, yeah, honest, long, I, I'm looking definitely. heavily at, at New York for, for my back line for my all-in this week. Long yes. Um, Paranel had a couple of boneheaded plays. He looked like Ronald Zubar out there, to be honest with you. So oh. it's probably going to be him or Colin. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was not It was not pretty. It's probably going to be him or Colin in the center. Salzizo is just going to continue to kind of be out there until Connor Lade comes back. And I mean, I'm hoping that Mario can get some get some minutes out there. Um, you know, Sean Davis is going to be back. And Tyler Adams has been in training. He may be fit. Um, and if he is, he would be the, you know, the guy in the defensive midfield along with Davis. And he could also be, you know, a nice source of defensive bonus points and, and, and passing points. So we had one question that came through, uh, actually on Twitter and it was asking about Felipe without question and, and what that looked like. Uh, Andrew chimed in on Twitter and he said, in short, there's not a big difference between Felipe's production without question. Uh, he comes in uh, without question starting. Felipe is averaging about six points per game. Uh, I went back through 2016 to look at the actual production that Felipe had when question either did not start or played 45 minutes or fewer. And there were only four games when that even happened. And Felipe only scored a goal in one of them. So, uh, I was kind of under that impression, too, that Felipe had a bit of a boost when Kleshin wasn't there, but it just seems like that's not a real advantage. So maybe he can do it in this game against the weakened RSL, but I think that would be more of the reason why than really the absence of Kleshin. Yeah, he'll be the main set-piece taker. I think Bradley will be taking PKs, although he's been kind of a head case in the past. So it's a coin flip as to whether or not Felipe or Bradley will be taking the, the penalty kicks, but... I think uh, just by virtue of him moving further up in the formation gives him better opportunities and better expected value. If not, if it even if it doesn't translate into actual fantasy points. Michael Jason, any other fantasy standouts or predictions you want to make for this game? Or Jason, do you want to defend the honor of Real Salt Lake? Um, yes, but in this case, there's no way that I possibly can because, <laughs> because I mean we're we don't have our starting keeper. Uh, two to three of our center backs are injured. Um, our captain and center de- uh, defensive midfielder has a, got a red card. Our starting left winger uh, is, you know, is injured. But with that being said, I really think that Bofo and Brooks looked amazing um, this last week. Brooks Lennon, man, that kid is showing what he what he can really do. He killed it with the under twenties and. He looked great last week. So if he continues to do what he's doing, uh, he could be, you know, a, a good consideration um, moving forward uh, for fantasy if you need a cheap, you know, third forward. But uh, I do think Plot the Plays this week, um, which should help us out. Um, but I I don't expect RSL to do much. Um, possibly with this coaching change, you know, maybe it'll, I mean, we all remember what happened with Seattle last year. So, um, and I know this is three games and not halfway through, but um, I I personally have Long and Zizzo and Felipe and BWP in my lineup um, and no RSL players. Rusnak's gone. So I just really don't see a lot of production on either end of the field uh, for RSL. So 
I love them, but sorry, boys. That's fair. That's fair. Mike, anything from you? Yeah, I think this is a week where the question you have to ask yourself is which four from New York Red Bulls are you going to have? I think <laughs> you, you, I mean, really, you probably need four Rev players and four Red Bulls players, and, and that's kind of where you start building your team this week. You know, so I mean, I, th- I think there, there's a lot of good options, and we'll, we'll talk about the specific picks, you know, coming up. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Red Bulls are a good look against. A, I mean, RSL's bad, been bad so far this year, and as with them gutted, the way Jason said, it's not going to be pretty. I don't think. Uh, yeah, maybe I take a page from Tim's book and go half and half on my defense this week. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> All right, Jason, tell us about Columbus and Portland. Yeah, so um, obviously Portland has been fantastic uh, these first three games. Um, Columbus has, I feel like, uh, been a little inconsistent. Um, I thoroughly expect Portland to put up, you know, two to three uh, goals this week just because, uh, Mike, what did you say their expected goals were? Wasn't it like, was it like 3.9 or 4 or something? What Columbus's uh, defense? No, or Portland? Uh, Portland's offense. Portland has seven point three four expected goals okay. with ten expected with ten goal actual goals. Yeah. So, um, and, and with the level of play Portland is playing at, I mean Diego Valeri is playing out of his mind. He's in amazing form. Um, so I, I personally expect Portland to win this, um, but I do think it'll be a little bit closer than people think. I think I, I can see a two to one. You know, one, you know, two to one, maybe three two, um, but you know, I think you invest heavily. Obviously, Valeri is a must-have this week. Um, I think you can, you know, even roll the dice on possibly a Blanco. Um, I think Adi is a good bet this week as well. Um, Columbus, I believe they have uh, one of their defenders is out on international duty. I'm not too sure who that. I forget his name, um, but uh, you know. Ola Kamara scored a goal in his last game, and uh, Iguain uh, got a PK last uh, this last week. Uh, but I'm actually really looking at Will Trap for 7.0. Ola um, got a PK too. Oh, did he? Was yes. that and, was and that, Ola that, earned both of the PKs? And then Ola okay. earned both. These, so both of their goals were PKs. Okay. Well, well, there you go. Cause, yeah, because I know I saw I was watching on the um, on my phone, and I saw that. Uh, Iguain got got a PK, but um, I'm I'm looking at trap this week, and the reason being is because I'm going heavy with a lot of other players, and for seven, you know, for seven mil, he scored four, five, and six points respectively in the last three weeks, um, and at that price point, I think that's good to have sufficient Columbus coverage. Um, obviously, you know, Maram possibly leaving. Maram's always a good bet. Finley's a good differential. Um, Iguain. Uh, he's okay, but I'd rather take Finley or Merrim. Um, and then I think Ola's a good, you know, a good bet as well this week. It's just difficult when you have Audi, BWP, Kai Kamara, and Ola Kamara. It's it's almost you know flip a coin between you know those three and figure it out, or those four and figure it out. Was there any credit that people want to give to Portland's defense, um, or has that just been luck that they've had so far with their results? I think. I mean. I, I don't know. I, I think Portland got kind of lucky uh, last week um, against L.A. And then, um, I mean, this week against Houston, I mean, you had a potent offense that came in 
um, to Providence Park and scored two goals. So, uh, you know, I know Portland's been banged up in the back, and Farfan, I think, if he starts again, is a is a good, you know, possibly a good, uh, you know, value builder. Uh, or I'm sorry, um, uh, yeah, yeah, value builder at 4.1 plus he can possibly start. Um, but I, I like I said, I think there's going to be goals in this game, so I'm not taking uh, anyone on defense from either one of these except for Farfan as a sub. I just mentioned that because I love the comment that uh, Mr. Frumble PDX mentioned on Reddit where talking about uh, Portland potentially being hurt by the lack of Guzman, which I think that's that's a very good point. Uh, when they lost Guzman to that injury a couple games ago, that I, I think that did switch up some of their of their team with their ability to possess in the midfield. So that that is a significant loss this round. But the response from Mr. Frumble PDX was. Uh, we don't do clean sheets. LA was an anomaly, so uh, <laughs> he's not expecting clean sheets out of out of Portland either. But uh, it's worth worth mention. I know they still have some injuries uh, back there that they've been recovering from. But so is how MLS goes. How it goes. Anything else you guys want to add about any of these teams before we move on? No, nope. sir. These matchups. Great. Well. Now we're just down to player picks. Mike, who do you like for keepers? Uh, I think you're probably deciding between Robles and Cropper this week. Um, I have both, but I'll be starting Robles. Yeah, I'm on the same uh, same exact page. Uh, it's going to be Robles for me. I mean, got to stick with my boys, right? <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah, th- those two are my consensus picks, but... Um, I'm actually just going with Cropper in the back, and then um, I have Tarbell just because it's another 4.0 that's not playing. Um, I, I, I don't see a point in investing, you know, 5.5 plus million when um, I think there's a good enough chance for a clean sheet with a 4.0 keeper. I can invest, you know, half a million into another position that I think will um, net me more points. Yeah, good point. Tim, who do you like on defense? I'm going to go with Aaron Long um, to pair off with Robles. I'm going to go with my uh, my, my infamous 2-2 split here. <laughs> and then I'm going to go with Farrell from New England. And I don't know, maybe Tierney. I mean, I know it's might not be as promising with Wynn coming back, but uh, who else do you go with? Attacking. He's still in the yeah. tank. Yeah, exactly. So rather not spend the 6.0 in Delamea. So, yeah, I'm probably going to go Farrell and Tierney here on defense. Yeah, I wish I had one more game out of New England. I wish I had seen that. I wish that uh, Orlando game had happened because I would have liked to have seen their defense one more time since they've had some changes to really get a good feel for them. Exactly. Yeah, so for me, uh, I'm going with Farrell to pair with Cropper. Um And then everybody knows I've been big on uh, Long and Zizzo all year. I've talked to Talk to Tim about it before the season started. Talk to you pretty much every week about them too. Yes, sir. Um, making sure that they're starting, but uh, I, you know, I like I like both of them. Um, and then on my bench, I actually have Powell uh, and Farfan from Portland uh, working as a potential double switcheroo. Ooh. You gonna try that again? Yeah, I mean, I I uh, w- week one I did it, and uh, when Walks got subbed in, that killed. Uh, my Davies, or I'm sorry, my Lima, eight points. Um, week two, I tried it and I ended up, I think I netted like 10 more points. And then last week, I just 
kind of sat on my hands. I was real busy traveling all week with work. So I just had an 11 and that was it. And it's the best I've done. But hey, you know what? Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I really like my, my team, my, my midfield, my forwards. There's no other money I can really invest into any other position. So if anything, I, I mean, I can't get any more uh, New England or, um, or Red Bull players. So you know, what else am I going to do? And for those of you who may not know what a switcheroo is, it's just a, an advanced substitution tactic that you can uh, utilize with your team, utilizing both auto transfers and the manual auto subs. I wrote an article about it a couple of weeks ago over at MLSFantasyBoss.com that includes a video produced by one of our uh, Reddit members uh, if you want to either read or watch a video about it. And I will link the article directly in the post on Reddit in case you want to find that and learn a little bit more about the switcheroo. And, and I don't want to bring the picks to a stop, but I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. I know we've had this <laughs> conversation on Reddit, but to me, there's no such thing as a double switcheroo because whoever the middle person is has to be subbed in. So he's all there's like you can only switcheroo like one person. There's only like technicalities. OK, OK, so stop trying to get a lawyer on me like it is still technically a double switcheroo, is it not? No, because someone is auto one that one player in the middle has to come in, so you might as well just be put in your starting lineup anyway. The only thing you're like introducing is the possibility that someone else, whoever your scrub is, you have one more player who you might screw up and you might actually actually play, you know, especially in a week like this, and then he messes everything up. So it's not actually a double switcheroo because I've, I've because well that one player has to play. Thirty-one games to prove you wrong, and I will. But that one player will always sub in, so it's, it's not like a, a game will prove me wrong. Okay, so the so rules if okay, so, demand so, okay. that he comes in. Okay, so if he subs in and then somebody else subs in, how many subs is that? Two, which is a double. Therefore, it's a double switcheroo. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. But he's not well, switched. Deuced. It's not a double subaroo. It's a double switcheroo, and you have to switch him with someone in order so for it to getting, be a double switcheroo. And he's getting switched in. Both of them are getting switched in by either manual or auto, so therefore it is a double switcheroo. Well, well, you, you lose some of the control of being able to decide if you want the player to switch in automatically with the auto sub or making your manual switch between the two players potentially. So I think that's where Mike's going, but we're getting a little off topic. Let's keep that discussion for Reddit. <laughs> Mike, who are your defenders? Uh, all right. My defenders, um, right now I have Long, Farrell, and Angoa um, just to kind of make my budget work so far that'll probably change but i mean it's going to be red bulls and new england players you know i just haven't quite decided who that is but right now i have those three um i also have Farfan. i know he didn't play last week i don't know if he'll play this week but i have him on since i had him on last week so that's the four i have oh well that's sweet of you to do that uh, i know we had a question about uh, if if someone Ask if they were losing value by not transferring their all the players every round. And I think that's a good point. I, I gained 0.7 value in the first round. And even though I got a, a poor score in the second round, I still gained 0.8 in value. So um, is that's influencing my bench oftentimes is who I think either might get me points or more importantly won't lose me points. Do you all feel it's worth making 11 transfers or nine or 10 transfers every round with the hope of getting some of those extra value increases. I think the budget is generally tight enough that I don't know how many budget players you're going to be able to really carry right now. 
that it has a decent enough chance that it increases. But if you can do it, you absolutely 100% should. I mean, one of the reasons I have both Robles and Cropper is because I think they're both going to get clean sheets and I think they'll both have a price rise. And I mean, with the budget as tight as it is, is as tight as it is, if you have a player that you can have the funds and you can bring them in and they'll increase value, you need to do it. I mean, money is the va- most valuable resource that we have since transfers are unlimited now. So if you can increase it, that 0.1, 0.2 might help you bring in a player that you're not able to bring in later um, down the line. So, yeah, yeah, I'm on the same page as Mike here. Sorry, sorry, Jay. Oh, no, you're good. Go for it. I'm on the same page as Mike. I mean, money's just too tight early on. If you can get someone who's a 4.0 or 4.5 on your bench, great. Um, but unfortunately, you really got to rely on your your outfield players, your your starters, to do a majority of the value increases for you. Um, I only got 0.2 this week, and I had three guys on the bench doing nothing for me, and that's just that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah, for, and for me, I think you need at least one sub that will possibly play that you're betting on either you know a clean sheet or something you know even like a Madronda. I know that's five mil, um, but somebody like him or Lima, um, even like a Zizzo, something like that. Like the first week I gained 0.8, and this week I uh, I'm sorry, the first week I gained 0.8. Um, overall, I've gained uh, 1.8 million. So that's pretty good. I'm pretty stoked on that. And that, you know, will help me out in the future of buying players that I want. But I think you need at least, especially this week, um, depending on, you know, how many New England players and or, or in what position you put them at. Uh, but I think uh, in general, you definitely need a couple of be- one, maybe two bench players at that lower lower tier, you know, the 4.5 and up to five um, that you think, you know, you're either going clean sheet hunting or possibly can get an assist, um, get you some good defensive bonus points uh, to increase that value. All right, Jason, who do you like for midfield? Uh, yeah, so my midfielders are um, Valeri, obviously. I like Win this week as well. Uh, Felipe, I know it's been a kind of a you know subject of discussion. Um, I like him this week. I've heard that he's going to be on set pieces now, corner kicks and uh, direct kicks. Is that accurate, Tim? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a toss-up between him or Bradley for PK. Sorry, Brad for PKs. We'll <laughs> say. Okay, uh, and then actually, also, I uh, I like Will Trap. I think that his, um, you know, like I said earlier, seven point oh, four, five, and six points respectively. Um, I like him this week. Mike. Uh, I have Valeri, but I, I go a little different than Jason. Right now, I have Justin Miram, um, and then to kind of round it out, I have Sean Davis from the Red Bulls, and then Fagundes from the Revolution. So mm-hmm. those are my four: Davis, Valeri, Miram, and Fagundes. So I'm actually going to roll with Danny Royer. Um, he's only seven point five million, and he's looked really, really good with the ball at his feet so far this season. And Felipe is going to be relying on him a lot to push the ball forward and make things happen. I think Royer may actually take over some of the string-pulling duties as well from Felipe, especially if the Red Bulls go up early and Felipe decides to drop back a little bit. I see Royer actually getting a lot of touches on the attacking end. Um, Obviously, you have Valeri. I'm going to go with Higuain as well. Um, And I'm going to go with Wynn. 
Wynn's got to be number four here. Fair enough. And uh, Jason, who do you like for forwards? Um, like I said earlier, I um, I think uh, BWP is a, uh, has to be a lock this week. Um, I also like Adi. And then I have uh, Kai Kamara in my lineup, but I think you can go with Kai or Ola. I think either one of them is a good choice. Yeah, I have Adi, BWP, and Ola Kamara. So, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of the template we'll see this week, Adi, BWP, and one of the Kamaras. My new favorite band, Bradley and the Kamaras. <laughs> you said, why choose, get both. There you exactly. Go. <laughs> Watch Aguadelo bag a hat trick this week. Yeah, I really want to get Agadello in. I, I haven't decided for sure, but I really want to get him in. But mm, So many good right. choices at Ford. And finally, who are your captain picks? Mike? Right now I have the armband on Bradley Wright Phillips. Kyle Beckerman. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jay. Let's uh, predict your score right now. <laughs> I've got it on – I, too, have it on uh, – have it on Bradley, but I might switch it over to Valeri. We'll see. Yeah, mine's currently on Valeri because I've missed uh, that train the past three weeks. I'm uh, trying to be cute going with the differential. Um, but this week, having it on Valeri, he'll probably get a red card and miss a PK. Hush. Um, <laughs> no, it's, I think it has to be Valeri this week. He's in too good a form not to put him on or not to put it on him. All right, fair enough. That wraps it up for our picks. I hope everybody enjoyed all of that. Moving on, let's do the league updates. Community time, one of my favorite favorite parts. The r slash fantasy MLS top score goes to Rick Collings, manager of Chipper as Flipper with 109 points. So congrats, man. That was just five off of the overall top score. So good showing, good showing. Over in the Patreon head-to-head league, just exclusively for our Patreon members, we have uh, Matthew Lippman, who is – this is a head-to-head league, like I said. He's now 2-0-0 and has 200 points from these rounds. So congrats, man, on that. Uh, now, several others of us are also 2-0 in, in this round. Uh, the Patreon League did start in, in round two after the opening weekend challenge, so there was that. Uh, both Mike and I are right on his tails, uh, sitting at third and fifth place. So we're, we're close. We're not out of this. But Matthew, you are leading the pack, so congrats, man. And my my favorite league of them all, I I don't think all of you here will agree, but at least I do. Uh, the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league made up of the hosts and special guests and friends of MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. The highest score this round was Fantasy Football 24-7 with 94 points. The lowest score was Andrew Wiebe. Oh, no, Wiebe Incorporated over from the... I just lost extra time radio representation right there with 61 points. Uh, I don't know. We may be our taco this year, uh, but the number one overall in this league right now is me. I am number one, three Oh and Oh I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Uh, guys, let's talk about the matchups. Uh, Tim, do you want to mention the head to head you were talking about at the beginning of the show? Nope. <laughs> well, I am the manager that whose team, uh, I had Jimmy Madronda in, and I swapped him out for Aaron Long at the last second, and it came back to bite me as you defeated me by a score of 76 to 72. 
oh, I thought you were going to get it. Whenever I lost that clean sheet, I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm done for. Jimmy Madronda came off at the perfect time for you. He really did. Uh, Mike, you you dropped the ball and lost to Fantasy Football 24-7. How could you? Mostly because I had the fourth highest score and still managed to lose because that's what I do in this league. I have high scores and then I hit fantasy football 24-7 that week and lose. Yeah. <laughs> I am 0-3 in this league. See, and this is why... This is why I like head-to-head so much is because it doesn't really matter what your overall score is. It's how well you scored that round. And so it just it's just a total roll of the dice. Uh, and then, Jason, you want to tell us about your victory? Yeah, Travis, um, I love you, friend, um, but uh, I beat you, eighty-six to seventy-one. So uh, yeah, it was it was super fun doing that. Um, good luck next week. I don't know who you play, but I'm playing Andrew Weeby next week. Um, you are. Nice. I expect I expect some quality trash talk with that over there, over Twitter. Well, well, it'd be nice if he uh, followed me on Twitter. That'd be that, that, that'd be cool too. Hey, Andrew, how about this? When I beat you, you can follow me. And we can be friends. Sound oh, good? no. Oh, no. Well, maybe if you ask him nicely on Twitter, he'll follow you. Maybe maybe that'll be it. We'll see. Oh, but next oh, next yeah. round, round four, I am taking on Mr. Guy Sanchez. Uh, Andrew Krola is taking on Mike Ditton. So, Mike, there's your chance for redemption right there. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Travis, who will also have a chance for redemption against them. Jason, you are taking on Weeby. Uh, Blaine is taking on Ben Bear. Uh, ben got a draw against Phil last round. Those are those are two pretty strong component, opponents right there. Uh, Phil is taking on Simon. And Tim, you are taking on Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First. So uh, another shot to take down some of those big European guys. There we go. Are you England up for it? sucks. <laughs> you say <laughs> no. that, and then they're going to come back, and we're all not going to be pleased with you at all. So that's the league wrap-up. Um, thank you, everyone, who's participating in our leagues. I'm hoping to have scarves for everyone this year. I'm still working on some sponsorship opportunities where we may be able to uh, plug a company that might sponsor that for us. But we're going to get scarves for the winners and some other MLS Fantasy Insider swag for the Patreon League. Time to wrap up everything. Guys, do you have any plugs? Mike? Uh, follow me at MLS Injury News. Other than that, you know, same old, same old. Jason? Yeah, um, still doing my punts and differentials. It's actually been, uh, with this new format, it's actually been very productive. I've been practicing what I'm preaching and putting some of them in my lineups, and it's actually been working out really well. Um, they pretty much uh, they come out every Friday, uh, typically around noonish uh, Eastern time. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a lot of fun doing this, and, and you guys have given me actually a lot of uh, you know good suggestions on the punts as well. So. Uh, keep it up. Thank you guys for reading and contributing. And um, also, guys, during game days on Saturdays, um, go to MLSFantasyBoss.com. There's a chat room. It's a blast to be a part of. A lot of people talking strategies, comparing lineups, giving advice. Um, highly suggest it. I'm on it. Reed's on it. Um, Andrew's on it. Um, I'm not sure if Mike or Tim are on it, but you know we've got a lot of the contributors on it. It's a lot of fun. So mlsfantasyboss.com during game days actually just go there like every day on your lunch break or something like that but game days check out the chat room it's awesome yeah no i'm on the chat room it's pretty awesome um tim from sc on there um and as far as me you can find me at www.soccercaptains.com and you can also find me on twitter at soccer captains i actually just posted 
a link to a Google Doc, which takes all of the MLS international players on duty and puts them in a sortable format for you. A lot easier than scrolling through that MLS website. <laughs> Although now you have to that. go add uh, Wondolowski. <laughs> yep. Uh, dude, yeah. And I'm get, there's probably like two or three errors. So if you could just let me know and I'll, I'll get those fixed up right away for you. <laughs> Yeah, Tim does that every international call up, and it's always very helpful. So, yeah, if you are listening to us at the MLS Fantasy website, or if you're listening for the first time, be sure to follow all of these guys on long, uh, online. Uh, Tim is at Soccer Captains, like he just said. Jason is at JMLSFI. Mike is at Mike Dat Tiger, D A T Tiger. And then I am at MLS Fantasy Boss. You can check out all the articles over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. You can head over to r slash fantasy MLS over at Reddit to participate in the great community that we have going on there. Uh, you also might catch me on the United States of Soccer, sometimes on Sirius XM with Jason Davis talking fantasy. And I could submit some articles over to MLS in the fantasy news and advice and tips section there. So, uh, if there's fantasy going on, then someone involved in this show is going to be around there. I can almost guarantee that. So that being said, thank you very much and good night and good luck. <laughs>